0: Matthew chapter 13 and uh, we're going to read two pieces from there and this is one of those parables that Jesus told where he begins with the story and then kind of provides the key to the story and he did that a few times I think both times in Matthew chapter 13 and Matthew 13 is this collection of parables and they're all um, they all speak about what the kingdom of of God is like, and he compares the kingdom of God to a bunch of different things. The sower went out to sow his field, the parable of, um, then he talks about the the mustard seed, uh, the pearl of great price. All of these are little windows into the meaning of the kingdom. And then here we have a rather interesting one because there's a story about a farmer who sows a field. And things go sideways on him. And that was not accidental either. There was somebody out to get this farmer and ruin his, uh, his field. And, and Jesus uses that sort of as a way to help people understand that this kingdom we have, may, there's wonderful things about being said all the time, but sometimes it just doesn't work out like we hope it will. And so that's kind of the back part of the story. So let me begin at verse 24 to verse 30, and then we'll pick it up again a bit later in the chapter. Parable of the weeds. Jesus told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He said, No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds... And tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So that's the story, and here is the key to the story a bit later. Verse 36 Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man, the field is the word, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin, and all who do evil, they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Whoever has hears, let him hear. Matthew chapter 13. Now this is a simple story, and I am sure you can identify with it whether or not you are into farming or not. So a farmer goes out to sow his field, and he uses the best fields, and at the, uh, the best seed. And at the end of the day, he sends his farmhands home with thanks, and then he himself goes home for a, a night of sweet dreams. But then during his night of sweet dreams, something happens in that field. A shadow moves across the field, and it goes back and forth, and back and forth. You know, a neighbor hears a dog barking, and he wonders why. He looks out to see if there's anything there, and yes, maybe there might be, but he can't be sure. And in the morning, everything looks okay, but it's not. And a few weeks later, after the seeding, the field has all these wheat sprouts, these little blades of wheat coming out of the ground, which is what it's supposed to be, but the field is also full of weeds. It is, in fact, completely infested. This is not the way it's supposed to be. It is disappointing. It is infuriating. It is crazy making. And it is also so terribly sad. Now, we can appreciate that story because this can happen to us too. And not necessarily on the farm or in the garden, but in other places and other parts of life in other ways. I'm mean, I sure, sure you know what it's like to begin on something new. And you have the highest of hopes and the best of intentions and then you watch the weeds come up and spoil so many things. A marriage begins with a day full of flowers and lovely dresses and candles and slow dancing. And that glow, it. last forever, right? But maybe not. Maybe over time you begin to notice some of the faults that you didn't notice before or the faults you ignored before. And now they become annoying. They become really annoying. Maybe the mood in your house starts to become more and more tense. You argue, You argue about money and about all his nights out and and, the way she tells her girly friends everything. And you fight about whatever. And when you're not fighting, you're barely talking to each other at all. This is not the way things were supposed to be when you were dancing in the candlelight. Uh, There are weeds in the wheat fields. A new baby comes. And that new baby is he just perfect in every way. He's perfect until the colic and the chicken pox and the fussy eating and the lessons he doesn't want to learn and the report card to tell you he's not even trying and the endless, endless gaming and the new friends he brings home that you don't really like. This is not supposed to happen. There are weeds in this wheat field. Think of of a new semester at school. Think of a new job you just started. Think of a house you could finally afford. Again and again, we start off in a kind of a dream. We want everything to be right. We expect everything to be right. But then, yes, there are weeds in the wheat field. Jesus' story is so it's so relatable. It is so us. It's so human. This is our condition. This is our human condition. This, this back and forth and tug and war between the, between the ideal and the real. Between sweet dreams and messy reality. You've been there, right? You've done that, right? Right? Now, I should say, though, that something in this story makes it actually a little bit worse than disappointed dreams and, 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 and ideals that somehow don't happen. I mean, listen to the farmer and those farmhands. I mean, the farmhands are confused. They, they sowed the field, and they know that the seed went into the ground was good seed. It was the bet. And so what happened? They don't know. But the farmer, he does know. And he calls, he explains, an enemy did this. In other words, this wasn't accidental. This was on purpose. This was a deliberate act of sabotage. I have an enemy. And the enemy wants to hurt me. Now, could you identify with that? Has an enemy ever done something like that to you? I, I would hope not. I would hope you do not have enemies who, who want to sabotage your life, who want to undermine your marriage or, or wreck your relationship with your children or get you fired from your job. I mean, that would be, that, that'd be awful. It would be terrifying to know that there are people working hard to hurt you to the max, and yet, this is the farmer in the story. An enemy did this, and of course, the, um, the well. The farmer is not an ordinary farmer, and the field is not an ordinary field. I mean, the farmer stands for God, and this field stands for His kingdom, and 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 and. and, and God wants this kingdom, this, this new world He wants to create. He wants it to be perfect. He, he wants a world where we will beat our, um, our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks, where, where, where the wolf will live with the lamb and the cow the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. He wants a world where will be no more mourning or crying or tears or pain in him. He wants that whole order of things to end. That's what his kingdom is supposed to become. This world where all tears are dried and all suffering has ended. And God has that dream. No, he has a plan. He has a plan for a new heaven and a new earth. And according to the Gospels... That's actually already started. It's already begun. The seed of the kingdom has already been planted. It's been planted, well, by by the very person who is telling us this story, Jesus himself. Jesus came and lived for a while among us. And the life he lived and the lessons he taught... His healing touch, his power to forgive, his his the reason he died, the way he rose again, this all shows the beginning of an incredible change. This kingdom, this new creation, it came near when Jesus came and lived among us. And then his followers, that's you and me, we are supposed to carry that message into the world, to be the body of Christ, to be the voice and hands of Jesus in the world. Unfortunately, though, this kingdom has weeds in it, at least for now. Turns out that the followers of Jesus are not not 100% pure. Not even close. And that was noticeable right from the start. Jesus had these 12 disciples. And and they were supposed to be kind of this this kind of new gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel. Kind of the, the beginning of this kingdom. Well, one of the 12 turned out to be a betrayer. He sold the life of Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. The others, they all ran away when Jesus was arrested. And the loud one, the I'm in charge guy, he would say repeatedly that he never met Jesus. And they were supposed to be the beginnings of a kingdom. How did that go? Not very well. There are weeds in the wheat fields. And they're still growing now. I mean, let's be honest. Christian people, you know, like you and me, and we are sometimes, you know, there's more weed in us than wheat. I mean, at our best we bear a hundredfold or sixtyfold or thirtyfold, but at our worst we embarrass Jesus and get in his way. It would be so wonderful we could be totally pure, 100% honest. unselfish, we have no shallow feelings, no shallow thinking, no shallow commitments, that we are all saints, that we are all loving and spirit-filled and blow-dried and beautiful, then we'd convert the world if it went like that. We'd uh, turn unbelievers into believers over and over again. But that's not happening. Not happening the way it should. Because until the end, there are weeds in the wheat fields. And you know something? An enemy did this. The evil one is getting in our way. The evil one has put seeds into the field as dark as his own heart. And some of those, they are in us, in our hearts. So, what is to be done? Well, if we read on, uh, there is this emergency meeting between the farmer and the farmhands. And the farmhands are ready to tear the whole field up. They say, let's find those weeds and pull them out so that we've got only the wheat left. In other words, let's get rid of the bad things. Let's get rid of the bad people. Let's get rid of the doubters and the drifters and, 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 and the backsliders, you know, the people who hang out in the wrong places with the wrong people, you know, and embarrass Jesus. Let, let's do some good old-fashioned excommunicating, and then we'll only have the right kind of people here. I mean, after all, Jesus wants his kingdom to be pure, right? So let's go into that field and yank and rip and pull until there's nothing left but, but us and our kind. And then things will be pure again. Uh, but the owner of the field, uh, the one who decides such things, he says no. I'm sure you can yank and rip until there isn't a single weed left in the field. But there won't be much wheat left either. While you are pulling out the weeds, he says, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together. In other words, there's good wheat out there. But it is new. And it is young and fragile. It's growing bit by bit. One day it might have. It should have a head of grain. And the grain will be good for you. Right now you don't want to destroy that. I know, oh, by the way, those weeds, those nasty things, they're growing all around you. Well, they're also growing a little bit in you. And the wonderful Beautiful wheat. Well, there's some of that growing honestly in them. The people you're so ready to pull out of the ground and throw away. So, that what this means is that there's more to, to, to fixing the kingdom than eliminating the troubles and the troublemakers. We have to do more, we, we have to foster growth. And, and foster faith and hope and love. The young, the tender, the doubter and the drifter, they need time to grow strong and confident in Christ. And that could very well be you on your not-so-good days. Give them time. You know, years ago I read a, a sermon written by a, a, a pastor, professor... And a master preacher named Helmut Tillich, he's from a much earlier time, but he wrote a a book of, um, there's a book of sermons of his based on the parables of Jesus. And one of them was this parable of the uh, weed in the weeds. And he said in that book, in that sermon, that we would spoil God's plan of salvation if we organized operation, throw them out. If we try to throw out of the temple all the, the hangers on, the hypocrites, the borderliners, and other wobblers, in order to keep a small elite of the saints, he said, we would rob people of the chance to at least hear the word of God and take it to heart. We would slam the door of the Father's house in their faces and inside. We would become a sect. So we live in an imperfect world. The kingdom of of God is imperfect too. It has those weeds. A lot of things have to be changed. But let's stay humble. And let's be patient. And let's wait for God to bless what is good until the end. Now, I should add one footnote to this, or maybe a, call it a clarification. Uh, we should not take this parable and use it to say that Jesus orders us to tolerate anything and everything until the end, because in the end, God will sort it out for us. Uh, it's tempting to read that in this story. And it almost might be kind of appealing. I mean, who wants to be reverend, throw them out? Who wants to be one of those rigid, uptight people who's always finding fault with with everyone and everything and who must have those wicked people cast out and shunned? I mean, I don't want to be like that. I mean, do you? And yet, the New Testament does say some positive things about the practice of discipline. It should be done. It should be done in a gentle way, in a restorative way. It should be done with humility because all of us are on the edge of trouble all the time as well. So yes, we do have to be careful. But where there is hate we should call it out. Where there is abuse, we must do everything possible to make it stop. Where there are lies, we must speak the truth and speak the truth in love. Where there is greed, we should be cultivating a spirit of, 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 of contentment and, and, and generosity. Generosity. So Jesus does not want us to be passive bystanders who see no evil and hear no evil and speak no evil. He does not want us to turn our moral radar off. We should still pursue whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely or noble or excellent or admirable or worthy of praise. Think of such things, do such things all the time. So there are obviously good ways to fight the good fight of the faith. We can do it in caring and constructive ways, or we can do it in mean and destructive ways. And Jesus' parable is saying, don't be vicious, don't be mean, don't destroy what is good while you fight what is evil. So it's worth repeating, uh, the field is not all weeds. There's weed in it. And it's beautiful wheat from wonderful seed. It's been blessed by God. And it can produce a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, many times over. Don't lose sight of that. We can spend all day complaining about weeds and arguing about how to get rid of them. But what Jesus wants is for us to let the wheat grow, to help it thrive and bear fruit. That wheat is in you. That is wheat is in in everyone who believes in him and wants to follow him. Jesus wants us to be his voice, And his hands in the world. He wants us to feed the hungry. To give drink to the thirsty. To visit the sick and those in prison. He wants us to be clothed with compassion. Kindness, meekness, gentleness and patience. He wants us to forgive and to be forgiven. To love and to be loved. He wants us to put on love. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You know, there's this old saying, and maybe you've heard it before, that that it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. And it's that lesson we get in Jesus' parable. It's better to grow the wheat than to curse the weeds. So maybe there's something in you and in your life that still has to grow. Maybe there's a talent you haven't used yet. Well then do your best to use it. Maybe there's an apology you have to make. Well, maybe now is the time to make it. Maybe there's forgiveness that still needs to offer. You you still need to offer. Well then do it soon. It's already been too long. Maybe there's a brother or a sister who needs some word of comfort. Well, then say that. Maybe there's a a lonely soul who is is hurting for friendship. Well, that, that could be you. Maybe there's a struggler who needs encouragement. Well, then do it. Or there's a hungry mouth that might need to be fed. Maybe that's for you to take care of. This world is often a messier place than we would like. So yes, weeds in the wheat field. It's true. But remember, the wheat is growing. In this world, there is goodness and beauty and truth. And God is giving it time to grow. So in your home, in your work, in your community... There could be, there should be something that still has to grow. And you can foster it. And you can make it grow better. God is giving us time. Let's use the time well. You know, this, um, in most editions of the Bible, this, um, this parable is called The Weeds in the wheat fields. And I'm just going to flip that now and call the parable instead the wheat in the weeds. And then I'm going to ask you, where, where do you fit in that story? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we live in a world that can be difficult, that can be sometimes disappointing, sometimes infuriating, and sometimes we find so much that seems discouraging and even heartbreaking. Lord, help us to develop an eye also for whatever is good and true and noble and excellent and worthy of praise, and help us, Lord, to foster that, to help it grow, because, Lord, these truly are the seeds of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray.